0: This is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Hello, everyone. We are well on our way to winding down this series on the gifts of influence. If you are just jumping in, this entire concept is based around the seven mountains of influence. My hope is that this series will be a tool for identifying your own special gifts and reflecting on where God has placed each of you and why. So far, we've covered these areas of gifting—media, arts and entertainment, business, family, and education. So today, I thought I would wrap it all up with the two most difficult mountains for me to talk (laughs) about—government and religion— and for two different reasons. In the arena of government, I truly have no personal reference from which to pull. However, what I do have is an understanding of how Christianity shaped the democracy on which this great country was founded. So, shall we go ahead and jump into the mountain of government? I should add, too, that the military is often included in this category as a branch of government as well. Now, in keeping with each of the other episodes in the series, I'll read the description of government given by generals.org. Keep in mind, these descriptions are written as a kind of overview of each sphere of influence. Oftentimes, these descriptions even denote how dark or corrupt they can be. But they also highlight how the body of Christ can best achieve the goal of ministering in that space. So, With that being said, let's read the description of government. Proverbs 14.34 states that Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Many times, as exemplified in the Old Testament, a nation's moral standards are dependent on those exhibited by its leaders, or predominant political party. While each individual is responsible for his or her own sins, The fact remains that people are greatly influenced by those morals, or lack thereof, that popular leaders adopt. The progressive liberal agenda, empowered by well-known men and women in the arts and entertainment industries, have made significant gains in the political arena over the past few decades. In fact, many liberal groups seek to remove anything related to God or Christianity from the governmental and educational systems because of a misapplied interpretation of the phrase separation of church and state. We must see a shift in this arena in order to preserve the Christian heritage that America was founded on. The goal is to put in place righteous political leaders that will positively affect all aspects of government. So, here's the thing. The United States was, in fact, founded on a Christian view of human nature and God's providence. And, as also stated, decades of change and drift have led us, as a nation, away from God in many ways. If we go back to the beginning, we see that over half of the founding fathers, 29 of the 54 were ordained ministers, and most of the others were deeply religious men. Not only that, but the concepts and the verbiage of a biblical worldview are evident throughout the founding documents, starting with the equality of all humanity before God. After all, The Declaration of Independence itself states, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator with certain inalienable rights. Now, as the years have rolled on, we continue to see a picture painted by many of the original voices in our nation's government. For example, in 1820, At America's Bicentennial Celebration, Daniel Webster said this, Let us not forget the religious character of our origin. Our fathers were brought hither by their high veneration for the Christian religion. They journeyed by its light and labored in its hope. They sought to incorporate its principles with the elements of their society and to diffuse its influence through all their institutions—civil, political, or literary. It would take a mountain of books to fit all of the words, speeches, and references over the years of key political figures who acknowledge the Christian foundation on which this nation was built. Interestingly enough, though, even as I researched this topic, it would appear that many current day articles are doing their best to rewrite history, painting a picture that our origins have been mistranslated. And this really confirms what Generals.org was referencing. It doesn't take a scholar to notice the lengths to which current-day lawmakers and representatives are going to to erase God from everything. Which leads me to my next point. This is exactly the reason it is so important today for those of you gifted in this sphere to step into your roles—those adept at debating, speaking lawmaking, and generally those comfortable in leadership as a representative of a community. You are the ones who will turn the tide. Stand your ground. Remember your foundations. Seek justice, restore order, and encourage a nation to get back to the morals and values it was founded in. Again, I can't give a personal testimony about the impacts of Christianity and government. But I do know it's how we as a nation began. And I also know it's up to those gifted in this arena to keep fighting the fight, especially if we want to see differences being made at national and worldwide levels. So today, my prayer is this. If you have felt the pull of stepping into government, and I mean at any level, local, state, national, or beyond, answer the call. God has equipped you. He has prepared you in unique ways. And if you're still in doubt, just remember the saying, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. The desire and ability to incorporate God-given principles back into our institutions, it's not for the faint of heart. So, if this is your mountain, I want to encourage you today. Daniel was a servant before he governed. David was a shepherd before he was king. Joseph was a slave before he was second in command. Esther was an orphan before she was queen. And Moses was an outcast before he led a nation out of bondage. There are no circumstances that should prevent you from stepping into your role. You were prepared to change lives, communities, states, and nations with all that God has placed within you. Be the light in the darkness and bring God's design back to the forefront of a world that has forgotten His truth. Now, for the arena that I have saved for last is religion. I will go ahead and read this overview of the Mountain of Influence in Religion from Generals.org. It also covers the reach that we can have when exercised correctly in this arena. So, With that being said, I'll read. Every society has some type of belief in a superior being or beings. In the East, religions tend to be polytheistic with many gods or outright idolatrous such as Hinduism and Buddhism. Although these religions are thousands of years old, they nonetheless continue to thrive today. In the West, Christianity and Catholicism are predominant, but Postmodern views are increasingly being accepted and the concept of God is being rejected. This is especially true in Europe. The Christian church is described in the Greek language as the ekklesia. Literally translated, the word ekklesia means governing body. Although we don't condone theocracies, this translation suggests that the church should have great influence in all other spheres that make up a society. With a plethora of categorized religions around the world, it's the church's responsibility to reach the lost with the love and gospel of Jesus Christ, and expand the kingdom in ministerial efforts both nationally and internationally. Like government, it is also a bit hard to touch on religion. Ironically, it has been made tricky because of the very spirit of religion within the church. In many ways churches and institutions have replaced the fundamentals, i.e. faith being based on a personal relationship with Jesus, and have instead focused on religious practices and traditions. This is a dangerous place to be. In fact, I found a quote that sums it up nicely. Faithless action is acting on your own, outside of God's direction, grace, and ability. After all, Ephesians 2, 8-9 reminds us, For by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. No one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. So in other words, works, no matter how wonderful they may be, will not get you to heaven. John 14 6 says Jesus told them I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Salvation comes through receiving Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Not from attending church, reading your Bible, running a ministry, or any other religious sounding activity. Sure, each of these things may be used to grow you and teach you more about who God is, But in and of themselves, they are not the answer to eternal life. I did feel it was important to first highlight the dangers before we cover the gifts. But now that I have, let's pull out some of the beautiful giftings in the arena of religion. Of course, the first things that we think of are preachers, evangelists, prophets, worship leaders, Sunday school teachers— and really anyone, tied to the church in any official capacity. But there are many others who serve the church in a more quiet way. These are those who write words of encouragement, serve as hands and feet in their communities, speak to motivate, pray for their neighbors, and generally, the ones who day in and day out act as the living body of Christ outside of the walls of the church. Now I realize that each of these things sounds like the very works I was cautioning against earlier, but I want to make a really important distinction. These people are motivated by hearts for Jesus. They love Him so much. They are the ones who go to Him and ask, God, what can I do for you? How can I serve you today? How do you want to use me? I say yes. I want to love like you love. I want to live like Jesus lived, lead as a servant, and most importantly, God. I just want to know your heart more and more. These are those who truthfully represent everything that religion wants to portray. Sadly, though, religion today tends to put more stock in face value than heart value, looking only at what has been done rather than why it has been done. And that, my friends, is enough to break God's heart. It feels fitting that I end this series on this point. Religion helps set up community and offers tools for learning and growing, yes, but relationship with the Almighty Creator is the ultimate goal, and to be honest, any gift you have in any sphere of influence can be used for incredible things, but the why remains. The relationship with Jesus still holds the determining weight of whether or not you're answering the call—the call to fulfill the purpose of your life here on earth. What legacy will you leave? When you get to heaven, will you meet him with a, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or will there be a lifetime of missed opportunity because the why was just a little unclear? today? I pray that no matter what arena or mountain of influence you find yourself in, that you'll examine your heart motive, the why behind it all. Are you using your gifts to glorify or to gain personal success? Have you asked God how to use your gifts and when to use them and where? He gave them to you for a reason, sweet friend. Now, I challenge you to ask Him about the whys. When you find it, He will open the right doors and close the wrong ones. He will set you on the path to where He has been calling you all along. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this series on the gifts of influence. I hope and pray that the words here have been such an encouragement, and even more so, a jumping-off point for you and your gifts. A place to begin thinking about what God placed within you specifically you and nobody else, and then how you can take that gift into the world and use it with a heart for Him. I love y'all, and I will catch you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share it with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.